0: And sharing for about eleven verses of scripture, I'd like for you to stand in a moment of time, and we're going to read together from the King James version of the New Test or of the New Testament. But also, we're going to read three verses from the New International Version that I believe will bring a little bit of greater clarity. I have sure enjoyed the latter few weeks, culminating in a series of messages. But I've, as I've gone back and listened to those almost each week, I have had the uh, I've had a couple of thoughts that I felt like that could be straying in the mind of someone here that needs a little bit of clarification. And I think today will be that day. It's certainly my prayer for God, for God to bless you and your family during the holiday season. Now, I know that holidays can be a difficult time if you find yourself a little bit isolated from family or even if you're single and don't, are not really connected to family. But I tell you, if you'll search hard enough, you'll find a connecting point. And if you'll trust the Lord, you'll find a reason, and I really believe that. It's 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 1. If you found it, would you stand and honor the reading of Scripture? It's 11 verses of Scripture that I'm going to choose to read from here today. The Apostle Paul is writing this second or possibly third epistle to the Corinthians, two that we've captured in the canon of Scripture, possibly another that was not captured in the canon. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth with all the saints which are, which are in all Achaia. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God... Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Let your attention start to rest on some of the way that Apostle Paul is describing God. He's the God of all comfort. We know him to be a God of great power, great authority. He's a great judge. He's going to one day judge the world. We believe that right but Paul sees another side here of God and this, that he's the god of all comfort and he said he will comfort us comforteth us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of god i love that verse of scripture matter of fact it is so good we should read it again even in the King James English, who comforted us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now these next two verses are two of the verses that we will read in a moment from the New International as well. Continuing on it says for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ and whether we be afflicted it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Now those two verses, because of the unique language of the King James English, I think needed a little bit of greater clarification. We'll read those in a moment. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you also be of the consolation or of the comfort. For we would not, brethren, have... Have you ignorant? Uh, I just love that. I, I just like the wording of that, because it's not the only time Paul uses that. Uh, uh, that when he says, "Don't be ignorant, brethren." And he's saying, "I don't want you to be ignorant of what's going on in our ministry." He said, "We would not have you ignorant, brethren, of our trouble that came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life." But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raises the dead who delivered us from so great of death and doth deliver us in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. It's the 11th verse to culminate from this particular passage in the King James translation. You also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons thanks may be given by many on our behalf. This particular passage is noted in many of the commentaries as the Apostle Paul's writing concerning God's great comfort. I think you begin to see the uh, the main ob- uh, object and the main theme of this particular passage here as he opened this epistle. Now, these two verses, these three verses, actually, that I thought that the wording of it for our common language today made it more difficult to understand. So you can see the apostle has taught the people of the comfort of God and and is looking forward to comforting them even through his own ministry. But let's look at the 5th and the 6th verse, I think it is, in the New International and the 11th verse and see if that just makes it just flow together for you just a little bit more. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows." In essence, Paul is aware of the sufferings that he is going through as a result of his faith in Christ. But he's also received comfort from Christ and that too overflows as well. 6th verse. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and for your salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. So an exhortation to endure, to which I'll allude in a moment's time. And he culminated in this theme in the 11th verse. Here he says, as you help us by your prayers. How many believe that prayer is help from, come on on our behalf. He said, As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. We'll stop right there. That, this is kind of just an exhortation there, written there, Paul's change of plans, but um, to, in answer to the prayers of many. So today I want to talk for just a little while, and I'll give you the reason why in just a moment. But this is the vein that I want to just begin to chip away at as we begin to mind for truth and the wealth of God's word, and that is comfort for those who are in trouble, Comfort for those who are in trouble. Remember what Jesus said, John 16 and 33. In this world you shall have tribulation. It is not always easy living on planet earth. Come on, let's be honest. And there are times that the people of God find themselves in trouble. But I tell you what, I got great hope and expectation for you and for myself. There is a God who comforted those that are in trouble. How and the means that he does so, we're going to try to discover. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and I thank you for the good word of God. Now, I feel an anointing in this place today. From the exhortations that were made through the song and through the songs themselves, released a sweet fragrance here today, God. We believe that Christ is in the midst of us, and we're going to trust that he's going to continue to speak life to us, through us, Over us, we thank you for these things, God. Father, I have asked you to make my tongue the pen of a ready rider, and I pray that the listening heart and mind of the listener today would be uh, the parchment upon which this pen strikes. I pray this today, Father. It's in Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. amen. You can be seated. You know, let me go ahead and backtrack for just a few minutes. It's very important for us to do. Through a series of five weeks, or through a five-week series, I took you on the journey of the revelation concerning the Israel of God, questioned by who is the Israel of God, hopefully answered through your understanding that you and I joined with faithful Israel, the part of the natural Israel that is that believed in Christ. Remember John 1 says, "...he came to his own, and his own received him not, but to as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God." <laughs> And we join with that group, that remnant Paul used in Romans 11, a remnant of believers to become the Israel of God. He said in Ephesians 2 that therefore we were previously as Gentiles, strangers to the covenant promises of Israel. But now in Christ, we who were far off are brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. So we are no longer strangers and pilgrims, but we are fellow citizens, catch those words, fellow citizens of the saints and of the household of God. Galatians 3 said we are children of Abraham by faith. We are heirs according to the promise. We have the covenant promises of God available to us. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think it's later in, this, uh, in these verses, he said all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and they are amen. We trust to believe in those promises. And so as I was preaching that series... And going back and listening to it, I noted that there were several times that I bore down, I used that term, just bore down on the, with an emphasis on being blessed. And I believe it's the will of God for His children to be blessed. Amen. Now, I also know that that always needs to be tempered in the right interpretation of the Word of God. I feel like in my personal assessment that the prosperity movement within Pentecostalism gave an improper uh, application of what it means to be blessed. And we found ourselves trying to uh, measure our blessing out financially. And I'll tell you, that cannot necessarily be done. Money is a necessary thing. But I'll tell you what, you cannot have anything in your pockets and still walk in the blessing of God as long as your heart is full of faith and you can trust the Lord. Now, again, so with that, I just wanted... The thing that I was noticing as I was preaching and as I would, again, kind of get on that angle just a little bit, I did not in any wise intend to imply that to be blessed does not mean that you and I will not be afflicted, that we will never face affliction or tribulation or find ourselves, using Paul's words here, in trouble. Okay, just to be honest. And so what, what I believe is that to be blessed is, is a recognition that in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my affliction, in the midst of my persecution, in the midst of my trial, I can find the grace of God. I can find a solace. God took Moses to a cleft in the rock and hit him there. The Bible says God will lead you to a rock that's higher than you are. It's a place of comfort. It's a place. Are you all hearing what I'm saying today? And so I feel like that, that we need some greater clarification there's something that when you concerning trouble if you find yourself in a season of trouble a situation may have uh, been created in your life and in your surroundings we all have our own individual lives that we live out we know we're interchanged where we're connected to each other but we also have our own little circle of life and influence and when you find yourself in a difficult situation in yours I believe there's something that we should always do I I believe we should always start with honest evaluation I have to ask myself hard questions when I find myself down a bumpy road in life there's a couple of things that I start asking and the first thing is is why am I in this difficult situation because if it's a result of my poor decision then perhaps repentance is necessary on my part because if I don't repent before God I'll never find myself out of this mess Now, I want want you to know now, I, I also know that that's not always the case in essence, meaning as you do that honest evaluation, there are times that if you're honest with yourself, you'll look up and you'll say, you know what, I don't have anybody to blame but me. I always remember when David had fled from Saul and the Bible says that he went to the land of the Philistines. I still don't know why in the world you would think that to go from the Israelites who wanted to kill you to the Philistines who wanted to kill you... that that would be better and he found himself there with men wanting to kill him and he kind of just simply realized you know what i have made this mistake and there are times in your life you have to just be honest and you have to have some heartfelt repentance and you have to cry out to god and say god i can't blame anybody this is not the government's fault this is not my parents fault this is not the church's fault this is my fault Right? then that type of honesty will set you on the road to correction and eventually you'll find your way out of it by the grace of God. But now an honest evaluation, if you're sincere before God and you listen to His Holy Spirit and judge yourself in the right lens and vain, there are times that you'll arrive at the conclusion, it's not a result of a poor decision, it's not a result of my lifestyle choice, it's just the fact that I live in a carnal world that I live in a world that's affected by Adam's failure in the garden long years ago. Again, Jesus kind of summarized it in John 16 and 33 when he said as long as you're in this world, you're going to have tribulation. There are seasons of life. There's going to be changes and challenges that you're going to have in his present plight at all times. That as we sang the song a while ago in Romans 8 and 28, God's going to make everything work together For good for those that love the Lord. Paul believed that he was in the will and the plan of God, and that no matter which way the storms of life blew him, it was going to blow him into an arena where he could still be an example of Christ and minister for his glory. He said this in the eighth verse, he called it. Our trouble, our season, while he was at Asia. Here's what he said. He said, We were pressed out of measure. Have you ever been like that? Pressed out of measure. You didn't have the answers. It felt like the world was sitting on your shoulders. You were pressed beyond strength. He said, We even despaired of life. You ever had that season in life when you were struggling between whether you wanted to live or die? You felt like life was about to be extracted from you. And in the seventh chapter of the same epistle, he alluded to this situation even further when he said this he said our flesh had no rest. Uh, I'm telling you we live in a generation when everybody is busy to and fro and everybody's fatigued and when you're fatigued you're agitated uh, and everything gets under your skin and everybody gets on your nerves uh, and you go home from work and you want to hit the wife and kick the dog. Come on y'all know what I'm talking about it's live it's just squeezing in on you and he said we were pressed and troubled on every side. He said outside we're fighting so everything was contentious around us and inside I was afraid and I know that there are people under the sound of my voice every time that I preach that you're in a situation just like the Apostle Paul described but this is what Paul shares with us in his writings through all of his afflictions he always searched for and found purpose he valued an opportunity to be able to see this situation turned from its present plight to the glory of God. That's why Paul said, if I live, it is for Christ, or if I die, it is for Christ. He said in Philippians 1 and 12, the things that have happened unto me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. I want you, if you are in a season of trouble in your life right now, I want you to begin to ask God this simple question. God, would you help me find purpose and opportunity to give you glory in the midst of this present situation? I remember now, in, it was in Macedonia to which some of this trial began in his own life. In that region of Macedonia, he had gone to Philippi and you remember he had there preach the gospel and with that he had stirred the city up ultimately he was put in a prison along with his uh, his his associate Silas brought in there late at night put in the stocks his feet were, were pulled way apart he was chained to the wall but the Bible says at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God and I want you to know there are times in your life when you say God I may be down but I'm not out glory to God I don't have a worship team I don't have have a song leader. I don't have a hymn book or a screen, but I got a song in my heart. And God, I can give you glory in the midst of this situation. Help me find your purpose, God, in Jesus' name. I always love that word with Joseph in the book of Genesis. When Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery and later when he finds them coming to him, you remember I won't preach the whole story because that would take us all day, but when he was later elevated to the prime minister of of Egypt and his brothers came to buy bread and he discovers that the people that sold me into slave slavery are now coming to buy bread rather than vindicate all of his sorrow upon them he realized that he was nothing more but in uh, the providential hand of God that when he had been sold into slavery dropped into a pit bound by shackles there was a providential hand of God that was orchestrating everything because God wanted to take him and his family from here and move them over there so that they could uh, gain the blessing of God. And I want you to know when you begin to live your life that way, when you say, God, no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to find an opportunity to serve you, you'll begin to move through your tribulation with great grace and discover God's blessing upon your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. I want you to know as I looked over this passage, I saw that the Apostle Paul received comfort from God in his sufferings and in his troubles. Let me tell you a little bit about God today. God, our Father, He is awesome. He is awesome in power and great glory. You know the Bible says that he holds the world in the palm of his hand. The Bible says by his finger he carved the riverbeds. The Bible says that he flung the stars in a night sky and he calls them all by name. Come on somebody. The Bible tells us that he upholds all things by the word of his power. That's the God that you and I serve today. He is the God of all power. But I love what the Apostle Paul said in that moment. There are sometimes you don't just need power, you you need comfort. You need solace. And he said, not only is God the God of all power, he's the God of all comfort. Do you know him today as the God of all comfort? Do you know him as one that will lift you? Do you know him as one that you can lean your head over on his bosom and you can gain encouragement and strength from his sovereign presence? If you don't, then you don't know Jesus the way that you need to know Jesus. I'm telling you, there are some things in life I can't share with anybody, but I have a friend in Jesus that I can pillow my head like John the revelator over on his bosom and I can hear his heartbeat and I can feel the warmth of his arms wrapped around me, holding me close. It's a solace. It comes to me in prayer. It comes to me in worship. It comes to me by being in his presence. Did you know when he sent his spirit into your heart, he was called the comforter. God wants to comfort you in all your afflictions. God will send the right person, I believe, at the right time with the right word to lift your countenance and bless your life when you are downcast uh, I remember when David was uh, David was struggling he, he, he had almost lost hope that he would one day be the king he was living in the rocks and the crags uh, of ancient Israel and Saul was coming to try to take his life he didn't he was about to lose hope in the vision and in the prophecy made over him when his dear friend Jonathan rode up on a horse one day and Jonathan encouraged him and strengthened his hand in God I'm thankful that there are people God will strategically place in our life that will be moved by the hand of god to bring us an encouraging word god uses people he uses his presence. he uses opportunity of worship to comfort our lives second corinthians 7 and 6 god comforted us he, paul said by one man one man titus came but i want to ask you today how do you receive comfort from the lord do you have that sweet place do you have that secret place do you know how to shroud yourself in prayer until all of life's troubles seem to be a distant uh, at distance from you that you can just bask yourself in the presence of God? Maybe it's here at church. Maybe it's your own prayer closet. Maybe it's when you are on the way to work and you got your worship mu- music on. I don't know. I just know you need to find that place of comfort because God will comfort you. Paul takes... Listen, here's something. This go back to that, that first point that I made with you. I want you to catch this. This is the Apostle Paul, that he found opportunity. He looked for opportunity to, to, to find the purpose of God in every affliction. Here's what he really looked for when he was in his own personal plight. He said in the fourth verse, he said, As I present myself to God, paraphrasing, and I gain comfort in my heart, as I gain comfort in my spirit, If as I'm in the midst of my own personal trial and that trial drives me to his presence and I surrender myself unto the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes over me and I lift myself up and God strengthens me, then I look to find somebody else that's downcast, disheartened, in distress, that's going through what I've been going through, that knows what uh, what the difficulties of life are like, somebody that's lost their job, somebody that's recently divorced, somebody who just buried a loved one, somebody who's got contention at home. I look for that person because I know what it's like to be in the seat that they're sitting in And I want to bring the comfort that God gave me in my spirit. God didn't just give it to me for me. God gave it to me so I could give it to somebody <laughs> else. Glory to God. And so when you and I begin to live our lives with the revelation that God has strengthened us so that we can strengthen someone else, we will find that purpose in our present plight. Now listen to this, I remember about Ruth when she gleaned in the field, remember, in the book of Ruth, when she went out, rolled her sleeves up, Naomi couldn't glean, she was too old, but when Ruth gleaned, she didn't just consume it upon her own needs, she took it back and shared it with those that was in suffering with her. Remember a little boy shared his fish and loaves? i am telling you, what can you share today? Can you share a cup of cold water with somebody? Can you visit a widow? Can you visit an orphan at his house? Can you you go to see the incarcerated? Uh, Can you go to the soup kitchen this Thursday for the purpose of just sitting down and sharing with somebody who's in a difficult season in their life? I know you're in a troubled season right now. I know you're going through a tough time, but I'm telling you if you will put yourself in the presence of God God will comfort you and the moment he comforts you don't you just hoard it and make it all about you you take that grace that he gives you and you go and find somebody else in the difficult season of their life and you begin to be a river rather than a reservoir and the blessing of God will run you down, glory to God hallelujah, I'm going (laughs) to applaud on that my goodness that's good preaching for a young guy like myself come on somebody (laughs) Ha-ha! Look at this real quickly. Just a couple more nuggets extracted from this passage. This is actually, as simply, I'm just trying to reaffirm this to you. This word has been just kind of lingering. The main portion of this message was the Israel of God series. But I felt like there was a side item needed here as I've been serving it to you almost like a chef. The reason why is because it's one thing to preach to you, you're the Israel of God and you're blessed and all these things, but when you look around right, now in your present situation you may be in the darkest day of your life and you need to know that God knows right where you are a hair of your head cannot fall to the ground that your father doesn't take notice of come on somebody God knows God knows and so do your husbands and so do your wives Just want you to know that as well God knows our plight and our situation in life the apostle Paul then and this passage taught me something real quickly And I've gleaned from this as I studied this out. Paul never lost his faith in God, even though it was a very difficult situation he was going through. And you know what he did? He endured. Sometimes the way to overcome a situation is to just square your shoulders back and say, God, take me through this. God, I don't know how, I don't know the way or the means, but I'm not going to give up on you. Come on, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. The ninth verse is what Paul said. We had this sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. I don't want you to trust in yourself. I don't want you to trust in this pastor or this fellowship. I want you to trust in God. Situations in life can sometimes be so overwhelming. You've got to remember, again, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He sets you in his target. You got to make up your mind and say, "I'm not going to be a notch on your belt." Somewhere along the way, I'm going to be an overcomer, as Christ overcame, and I'm going to go through this season of life that I'm in right now. Sometimes life's afflictions are really about your faith. Have you ever, in your trial of life, ever become angry with God? Have you ever become angry with God, frustrated at God, and exasperated? I want to encourage you today. Don't lose faith. The enemy desires to sift you. He desires to have you that he may sift you in wheat? Don't you do like uh, Job's wife said to Job when he was sitting in sackcloth and ashes and boils all over his body. She looked at him and she said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Let me tell you, Job said, No, you're speaking like a foolish woman. Uh, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away, but there's one thing I'll not do. He said, One thing I'm going to do, I'm going to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you and I got to live our life with that type of expectation. God promises to bless those who endure. Don't give up. Nobody said it would be easy. Jesus never said come to me and everything and every day in your life is going to be pillowy soft and everybody's going to love you and everybody's going to want you around. But I'm telling you, he said actually when you put your faith in me, he said if they persecuted the master, they're going to persecute the disciple and we live in a generation where in our American culture for all these years we have been insulated to a certain degree with our faith in Christ but how many know the world is closing in on us around us right now and if ever there was a time for the Christians of America to square our shoulders back and say you know what God I'm going to say this though he slay me yet will I trust in him no matter what I'm going through God I am not going to lose my faith in you God promises to bless you if you will endure James 5:11 says we can Count them happy which endure. 2 Timothy 2 and 3 says, Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, that he that endureth, Jesus said this, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So God promises reward for those who keep believing. You keep on believing. When you hear in your mind and a thought and an image or a feeling or a frustration that doesn't, drive you to God but drives you away from God you better get a hold of that right now in Jesus name that's the lie of your adversary God's saying come to me all ye who labor and are heavy laden. you can find rest in his presence Paul never lost faith I love this this is kind of where we put the reconnection to the Israel of God Paul never lost faith that he would be delivered You can attach this passage of Scripture to the book of Acts when he's at Ephesus. He's there for two and a half years. It resulted in a great revival, but the effect of the church riled the unbelievers until there is a riot that's taken place and many Christians are being persecuted and they're wanting to take the life of the apostle as well. And through all of that, Paul never lost faith that he would be delivered. Let me tell you, I don't believe in a hopeless situation. I believe that with God all things are possible. Come on, somebody. I believe the arm of the Lord is not shortened, his ear is not deafened. It's up to us to trust in him and to believe and to faithfully endure, but to never lose hope that God won't bring us out of this situation. In the ninth verse and the 10th verse, let's go back and regather those very quickly. He said this. He said that we had this sentence of death in ourselves that you and I should not trust in ourselves, but we should trust in who? And God, because of why? Because he can raise the dead. When God gives that word, see, to the mind of men, it is impossible to raise the dead. We live in a carnal world. We live in a natural world. And when the body dies, we think that's the end. But God has confirmed to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ rules over death, uh, come on somebody, and of hell. And he said, we don't trust in ourselves, but we trust in God, which can raise the dead. And that's a great word for us. And in the 10th verse, he said, God uh, has delivered us from so great a death. He does deliver us. And in whom we trust, he will yet deliver us. I love that. Look at that. He said, God did deliver us. God is delivering us. And we're trusting if we're ever in this situation again, God's going to take us out of that situation too. <laughs> Glory to God. You remember what the psalmist said? Now, I believe that as the apostle Paul is writing, he's, uh, as he's writing this epistle, There's something that's in his heart and mind. He's driven by his present plight. He's also driven by the hand of God that he's seen in the past. But he's also driven by the faith of his forefathers because he's a student of the Word of God, the Old Testament Scriptures. He said many times to Timothy and Titus and others, continue in the Scriptures, continue in the Scriptures. And by being a Jew, he understood that he had covenant promises of God that are now made available to the body of Christ. And so when he's in his own present trouble, I believe as he's writing, Paul is thinking this. He said, I am pressed beyond measure. I've despaired even of life. It's a difficult and a dark day, but all of a sudden, I believe a psalm would begin to bubble up inside his heart. He would say, you know, but David said, weeping may endure through the night, but joy will come in the morning. I believe as he's writing, he's thinking about what David said again. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them. I believe he remembered Joseph being sold into Egypt but God was with him and delivered him out of all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of the king he would write again in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 persecutions afflictions which came unto me he said what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord has delivered me I want you to know today God can lift you out of your hopelessness God can lift you out of your depression God can lift you out of your isolation. God can connect you to people that you gain strength from their faith. And as you gain strength, you share that faith, and God lifts every area of your life to his glorious name. Never lose faith that you will yet be delivered. Here's what I want to challenge you with I'm getting ready to close. Search the scriptures. Get you a psalm. Get you a word. Get you a promise in your heart. And then you can square your shoulders back and say, God, if you did it for one, you are not a respecter of persons. Come on, somebody. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? I want you to know that there are promises for every situation in your life. And when you find it, the Bible says, buy that truth and do not sell it. You tell your plight and your situation and your fear and your unbelief that this truth is not for sale. Come on, that God's going to yet deliver me out of this situation. Brother Darrell, join me on the platform. We're getting ready to close. Here's the last thing that I want you to note out of this great passage. It's a passage of comfort to those that are in trouble. You ever been in trouble? I know you have because I'm your pastor. And I've been with you, many of you, in your trouble. And then sometimes we have trouble that we don't even share with other people. And, and we just have situations and you can see, sit there at church and, 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 and we think on the outside everything's looking good. But Paul said, remember, he said, but the inside there was fear when I was in my plight or my situation. And as I listened back to five messages concerning the Israel of God and the cognate awareness that we are the people of God by faith in Christ Jesus and covenant benefits belong to us, I just felt like that I didn't want you to hear me preach about blessing and you're looking at your situation and you're in trouble or you're in trial or you're in tribulation or you don't have a job or a spouse left you or you buried a loved one or there's contention with your children that you don't think that there's hope. I want you to know there's hope. Come on, that you can make it through this. That, that doesn't mean that you're not in covenant blessing. Yes, you're in covenant blessing. Trust the Lord. He will comfort you in all your tribulation. He will comfort you. He's so gracious. Here's what Paul said as he concluded this little passage, and this is how we're going to conclude this service today, this morning. is a moment of prayer. It's 1147 today. As he began to kind of culminate and prepared to shift in his writing, he said this he said you have helped me that's the awesome gift of prayer Paul's writing to people that are hundreds of miles away but he, they knew about his plight and somebody was praying for him don't tell me prayer is not effectual come on it is Let's, I, think we're, I think we've fallen prey to trying to trust in our flesh trust in the effort of the church somewhere we got to arrive at the place where God has given us an open heaven He's give us an ability to intercede on behalf of others and pray for one another and encourage one another and lift one another up. And God sees that and God will answer. Every one of us under the sound of our voices, under the sound of my voice today, there would be somebody that in, 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 in your situation of life that you've gone through, you found yourself at a difficult moment and then revelation was made known to you that somebody was praying for you. And that prayer made all the difference in the world. Come on, don't take it for granted. Thank God for it in the name of Jesus. Look at what Paul said. He said, you have helped us by your prayer for us. On more than one occasion, Paul expressed his belief in God's deliverance because of the prayers of others. I believe there's power in agreement, don't you? Jesus said, "If two or three of you shall come together. Come on. Proverbs said, or Ecclesiastes said, a thrice braided cord is What? It's not easily broken. He said one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Come on, there's power in agreement. Romans 15 and 30, Paul said this. He said that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. 31st verse, he said that I may be delivered for them that do not believe. Paul trusted that while he was in a present situation, now he's writing to the Roman church. He said, I'm going to trust that I'm going to be delivered. And what was he believing? He believed that the effectual prayer of the church was going to release the grace of God upon his life and he would soon be delivered. Isn't that powerful? Philemon verse 22 says, I trust... Through your prayers I shall be given unto you. In this passage of scripture that we read here, Paul said, and this is kind of this is paraphrasing from the NIV: favor will be given to you, causing many to rejoice because of your prayer. That's what Paul said. He said, Because of your prayer, favor's gonna be granted, and when it's all said and done, people are gonna rejoice at the hand of God. It's gonna turn our trial into a testimony, right? When we're comforted and we endure and we help others while we're going through our own distress, I'm telling you what, God's going to get all the glory. Come on, somebody. And So I arrived here today at this place because in my heart I had an expectation, as Brother Larry mentioned earlier, to start the service. There's an expectation in our hearts that God wants to do something powerful in your life. I held prayer off. I I know that's an odd wording there, but I, I held the corporate prayer, the laying on of hands, the encouragement to the very end just because I wanted you to hear this word today. I wanted you to know that it is the will of God for the people of God to connect to you in prayer and help you through your present plight and your present situation. Our heads are bowed, our eyes closed. Nobody's looking around for just a few minutes.